It's time. Time to power up. Power up. Autobots, roll out. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we're talking to Afton Zeminski, uh, talking about her latest book, Cheat Code, from Immortal Works. So, yes, you've heard that name said over and over and over again, uh, because of other authors and myself. Uh, this is one book uh, of Afton's. She's written middle grade books, as well as an YA psychological thriller, which my daughter would love, and now I need to find out the name of that so I can get it for her. Um, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, and, you bet. And let's kind of jump into it. What is Cheat Code for those that haven't heard of it before? Um, it's like The Hunger Games meets Ready Player One. Nice. So, thank you. So um, artificial intelligence of the future to protect human interests needs to be human sourced. So those permanently ill can be on the donor list to donate their intelligence or their brains to be uploaded into a video game world setting where they compete to win the chance of being the brains inside artificial intelligence. All right. So that opens up a lot of interesting questions. Uh, Just because, you know, I, I do understand... IT and computers and stuff like that. So computers are, you know, ones and zeros, very programmed. What happens when you put a human consciousness into that? Because, well, let's face it, we're not ones and zeros, we're a mess. Yeah, it just goes poorly. (laughs) Poorly. Uh, I I like that. So who is the main character of the book? Is it, you know, uh, who is our protagonist? Is it a young man, a young woman, uh, what, or even a robot, maybe. Um, the main character, they they start out with only codes. They're not supposed to use any names in the game to keep it um, more even and, okay. and fair. Um, so the main character um, steals somebody's code right from the beginning. She steals a, a gen. That's all of their their gen codes. Okay. Uh, gen E code. So she is Gen E two four seven. Um, but yeah, that's not her code. <laughs> so she's gone and stolen someone else's identity, you know, just like going into World of Warcraft and stealing someone's character then. Right. So she's got probably a lot of buffs and weapons that she probably shouldn't have if she starts out, I would assume. Nope, nothing. Okay. <laughs> nothing. So, so what is the significance of 247? Is there a significance or is it just a random number? Uh, as far as I know, it's just a random number. I'm sure there's readers that might figure something out. You know, they're always smarter than the writers. Okay. Uh, but it for me, it was just a randomly generated number. I liked the sound of it. Okay. Uh, I The reason I ask is, like, when I 
writing my second manual, um, I named a project and it was a certain number. And I just thought, always thought it was, it's just some random number. And then I came back and realized it was someone's birthday. So I was just wondering if, if maybe that came into play somewhere in there. Um, but hey, that's okay. Um, so why did you go from middle grade and YA to this, this type of a book, this sci-fi type book? Um, I, I write in tons of different genres. Okay. I love, I read all the genres. Yeah. I love everything. Um, and for me, if something just really grabs me, something is, is fascinating to me and, um, I can see the whole thing through, then I just want to write it. Wow. And, um, this, this story just really intrigued me. So, yeah. Just went for it. I I love gritty. Yes. So there's a of a fast-paced stuff. Nice. No, gritty is fun. Um, I love westerns, and it's because of that. You know, you always have that that gritty feeling, the dirtiness, rough and tumble, where they shoot first, ask questions later. I think that's why everyone loves Han Solo, but that's another story. Um, So. The fact that it's fast-paced, you have a little bit of Hunger Games in there, you've got a little bit of Ready Player One. I just think you have the perfect mix for a fantastic story. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what got you into writing? I mean, everyone's story is different. What was the catalyst to say, okay, that in Afton's mind, whether it was when she, you were a little kid or a teenager or what, that said, I want to go through the havoc and horror and pains and amazingness of writing um uh, well like most people who who go into writing i was always writing since i was little okay always reading. um and i remember when i was 13 i told my parents that i really wanted a star wars movie script book and they were like whatever you don't want that and so they didn't get it for me and so i went out, earned some money, and bought it myself. I bought the Empire Strikes Back script and studied it, and then I wrote out this amazing Christmas script for my siblings to act out about Santa Claus pretending to die to teach the elves a lesson, <laughs> like any normal 13-year-old. And uh, <laughs> and I was so proud of that, and I just thought, oh, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, and I just would write stories, but I never thought I'd ever get published. Um, as an adult, I have a, a million books and stories that I've written out, um, over the years. And, um, about four years ago, my dad had aortic tick, a dissection. And for some reason, that was the catalyst to me to like, I'm going to get my stuff done. My dad's going to see this done. Um, and he survived his, his dissection yeah. and he's still going strong. That's awesome. And, and I've had, I think six or seven books published since then. So it's, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I have to say huge props for wanting a star Wars script and getting <laughs> empire strikes back. Like that is my favorite star Wars movie ever. Thank um, you. yeah. Uh, and then to go on and write a whole Christmas story about Santa dying to teach the elves a lesson. That's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Now, if only could that be be made into a, a movie. That would be kids <laughs> yeah. everywhere would be horrified. Um, yep. Yeah, but that's okay. You know, it, I it seems to be there is always everyone always has a catalyst or something that kind of moves them from yeah, I love to do this, but and then find that okay, I got to do this. Um, so, unfortunately, it had to be your dad that did that but hey he's still around and you have seven books later and he probably enjoyed every one of them yeah he actually started to write as well oh. now he, he writes so. even better now you've kind of spun something off there now he's writing and maybe you'll get the chance to read something of his so i would love that now is this just a standalone or is there more books coming um, there are more coming. The second book is written and um, is in revision phase. Okay. Uh, and there will be a third. Nice. So, yeah. So for those out there that haven't read it, look at that. You have a whole series to look forward to. <laughs> and if you pick this one up, you don't have to wait as long for the second one. That's one thing I hate, waiting. If you're a George R. R. Martin fan, I'm sorry. You're waiting yeah. for a while. I uh, think until the series is finished. Yeah, or... Or until HBO decides to finish it for him. Uh, That's right. But, you know, so what can, without giving away too much of the story, what can the readers, listeners expect out of this book? Um, They can expect to, I think it connects to a lot of different people in different ways. Okay. uh, those who are into video games, I feel like they will connect to the gaming culture. Um, those who are into adventures, um, I believe they will connect to just the um, social dynamics of the players um, and how um, different backgrounds um, come together to either help or hinder each other. Um, okay. Every a different background, like there's Gen B business, um, Gen Civ, civil uh, works or labor type class, military class, um, uh, academic, and just different uh, groups of people and, and how they come together. And then also I put in my own things that I struggle with. I, I have facial recognition disorder and I have really hard time recognizing people and the um the bad guys or the the something that causes much trauma throughout the book um is a character that actually had no eye or or no um or ears so for me like taking everything that you to identify someone away um because I, i really have on on my ears and even people's scent <laughs> yeah. or just circumstances to identify people. And with all of that away, and all they have is their mouth, this uh, character that nobody wants to encounter um, to gain every sense through is just through their mouth. So it's kind of creepy. Um, for me, that was just a horrifying idea. And I really wanted that in there. So I think people can also, for their own things that they struggle with, maybe relate in that way. So, No, that does uh, bring up an interesting thing. You know, no eyes, nose, or ears. I mean, that's a lot of our facial features. And 
just sitting here thinking, if I were to take away all that, would I be able to recognize someone? That's, you know, by their smell or just their voice sometimes. I mean, voice, yeah, that's very distinctive, but what if they can't, what if you can't hear them yet? Um, yeah. Would you recognize someone? That That's interesting. And then to make it one of the bad guys? That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that's just creepy. Um, no, that, that's really interesting. So, as a writer, are you more of an outliner or are you a panzer? What type of... What is, what is your, your method to your writing? Um, I have to outline. Okay. Um, I, not super crazy detailed. You know, it's not like 80 pages of outline. It's okay. maybe 10 or 15. Um, and I try to get uh, the chapters where, where I want everything to go very well outlined so that I can get it there. If I leave it too loose... I cannot force my story to go where I want it. So I, I need a good structure. Okay. Um, to, yeah. All right. I like to say Potter Pantser, but I think I plot a little bit more than I pants, but I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's interesting how everyone writes differently. Um, you know, you have like Brandon Sanderson with super details and then you have people, uh, that just fly by the seat of their pants sit down and write and whatever comes out, that's what's on the page. So, um, it is interesting. So what is, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Everyone kind of has their, their idiosyncrasy when they're writing. Like Jessica Day George has to have a giant bucket of red vines sitting on her desk when she writes. So do you have anything like that? Um, no, I don't think anything quite like that. Okay. I, I like to write at night. Um, okay. I work, I work full time and I have, you know, three little kids and a husband. So I, this year I've really structured my time with, you know, work in the day. Then you come home from four to eight and you're with your kids. Yeah. And from eight to 10, you know, I hang out with my husband and then 10 to midnight or later is just my writing time. So if it's really just somewhere that I can go and not be, bugged or interrupted except the cat does not pay attention to that <laughs> um so really it's getting some time that's just mine so. yeah no that's exactly how my writing schedule is you got to work during the day come home there's the kids get them to bed and then somewhere in between then and when i go to bed <laughs> is where i write um yeah yeah just because gotta spend time there and i i wish i could write full time but I, I've got bills to pay just like you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with everything out there, you have your middle grade, your YA. Are you finding that your readers are transitioning between the stuff you're, you're writing? Because, I mean, the middle graders are growing up, moving to the YA, and then moving to this. Uh, is there a lot of good you know, praise from some of your earlier readers or are you just finding a new group of people that are coming and finding you? Um, I haven't thought about that. Okay. I know uh, there are people that have read my earlier stuff that read, that have read uh, this stuff as well. Um, and they know me, so they're probably like, everything you do is great. Um <laughs> But uh, just readers that find me based on one genre and then um, maybe find some of my other stuff. I, I don't know. That would be an interesting question. 
Um, I like flawed characters, so that kind of goes through all of my things. Yes. Uh, I, I think the beauty in everybody, especially in, in people that are flawed, maybe horrific sometimes. Um, so I really like to highlight those kind of characters. I'm a major bad fan. Better Call Saul, all that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's my hero right now. Um, so I would think that you would find that connection Read that all the characters, even in my middle grade and, and sci-fi, have really highlighted flaws, but something lovable at the same time about every character. Something redeemable, I think, in everybody. Even in the antagonists, probably. No, I, I, I like that. Um, I think flaws are actually what make characters relatable. Um, without them, I... I mean, that is, as much as I love Star Wars, that's kind of the one thing that always kind of bugged me up until recently is, you know, they always got through things perfectly. You know, there was, up, up until you see Luke Skywalker's hand get cut off, you're just like, what? Everything's just going perfectly, blah, blah, blah. Even with his hand getting cut off, he still lives. What the heck? Um, type situation. But as you go back and look at it, you do see the characters are still are flawed. I mean, fundamentally, they're all flawed. Luke is whiny and he has a lot <laughs> yeah. of self doubt, and even Han Solo that looks all macho and he's he thinks he's really all that in a bag of chips. He even has self doubt and makes mistakes a lot. Um, I think that's why we relate to all these characters because we see those flaws and they're just like us. And without those. You would just you. I don't think we could ever relate to those characters. I agree. So yeah, and I think that's where a lot of great authors succeed with their audience. You know, it's a little harder probably in middle grade or to to make it look flawed. I don't know. I haven't written that, so I can't say. Maybe you have a better uh, idea on that. But it seems like the more mature the audience, the more likely you're able to introduce those flaws into your characters and people can really say, oh yeah, I, I, I relate to that. I've, I've been there before. For, for middle grade, you give them um, impulse control issues. Okay. <laughs> and then they're endearing and uh, do everything wrong all at the same time. Gotcha. Okay, so there are <laughs> flaws that can be put in there. Uh, they're just downplayed into another fashion that the kids understand. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> I might have to write a middle grade. That might be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A kid with ADD that can't stop eating ice cream. Uh, That's right. Uh, that thinks he has superpowers every time he eats bubblegum ice cream. That would be really cute. That would be fun. Anyways, so... The book is out right now. I know Immortal Works does a great job getting them out. Is audiobooks? Is it available in audiobook yet? Because it's just ebook and physical book right now. I think it's not yet, but it will be. It will be. I, I haven't had an update on that. Okay, yet. I know they come out in audiobooks. It does take some time, um, so it will be on its way for those that are wondering. Um, and it is definitely available in ebook and paperback version. And if you haven't picked it up, go out pick it up, guys. Uh, this sounds like an awesome book. Hunger Games meets Ready Player One. How can you go wrong with that? I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, 
I, I can't say any more on that. That that's like the perfect tagline. I mean, geez. Thanks. Yeah. I actually with that a read. Okay. <laughs> I've been using it. Nice. I the elevator pitch or that tagline has always been the hardest for me, and you just like perfectly nailed that. So that was perfect. <laughs> so. All right, folks. So. Go pick up a copy. Support Afton and her writing. Uh, again, Mortal Works does a great job uh, putting out books. Uh, check them out. And with that said, we'll catch you next time. You're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Please subscribe and follow them on Facebook or Twitter, pushes. No, we're even promoting these filthy idiots. Who doesn't like them? Who doesn't like anyone? Our friends, pushes are. Friends. No, shut up. Please subscribe.